Somebody get me some coffee. <laughs> All right, here we go. Shut up and sit down. Think so. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. Yo, Seven Deuce Deuce, what up, bro? Why are you always lagging? You're so slow. Dude, come on, I just wanna ride, 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 ride. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy episode 105, but be warned, may cause drowsiness. All I wanna do is ride my bike my whole life. Since ancient times, people everywhere have been caught up in all kinds of trends and traditions. All I want to do is ride my bike my whole life. Never thought twice. One trend that I despise is the trend of stupidity. It's very stupid to act stupid when you're not stupid. So that must mean that everyone is stupid for acting stupid when they know they're smarter than that. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Durgan. Today I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance in studio. In studio. In studio. In studio. Yeah. Not for long, though. No. You <laughs> gotta get yeah. for hours. You're itching. You're itching to get back out on the road. <laughs> it's time to, time to get out. Get in car. <laughs> Head south. Across the table from him, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking good. As always, you look good. Not as good as you. I was just going to say I might be looking a little rough this morning. <laughs> you don't look rough this morning. I usually do. You're looking beautiful, Matt. Beautiful. Yep. <laughs> Filling in for today for Mr. Evan Price, who's working like a stiff. Zeke. Zeke is... Where are you at, Zeke? Zeke. Zeke. Hey, puppy. You got to bark for us? <laughs> not going to bark. <laughs> Zeke's heading in with us. Oh, he's licking my, my hand right now. <laughs> oh, he's up on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> good dog, Zekers. Yeah. All right, so this episode will be coming out, and we're going to be where, Lance? We will be in Southern California, in yep. the uh, San Diego, Orange County area. That doesn't sound right. In between San Diego and Orange County. Somewhere down there. Yeah, yeah. somewhere down there. <laughs> and that will, Matt will be up here holding down the fort, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, someone's got to stay home and uh, manage all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're recording this a couple days early because, yeah. um, I don't think we're going to do a live thing from team camp. training training camp this year, but we might get some sound bites out of it, but we'll come back and give you guys uh, a full breakdown and maybe a few uh, bits of, um, of sound bites here and there just kind of talking to everybody. But this week we are going to skip our lead out news and we're just going to have a, not a backpedal, just a quick general discussion. Cause I, Lance has been. Like he, he he showed up today. Some, something went down, and I, I I have a sneaking suspicion there's a story in there somewhere. Okay, so I spent uh, a good part of the day yesterday um, prepping my van to go to team camp, uh, packing it with stuff, making sure I have all this extra gear. EPO, uh, <laughs> lots of all steroids. The EPO and testosterone just filled that van. Vials. Just vials and just, vials. You open up the door and just like needles <laughs> fall out. Needles and vials. <laughs> So no no big deal, uh, but I we got it all prepped. I got it all packed. I got it all ready. I went for a ride and went actually really hard yesterday. And yeah, I saw a couple of crowns on there, didn't I? Or a I, crown in a cup. I I I had I had like ten top tens yesterday wow. on some on some big segments that have like three or four thousand people. So it was it was 
It was some efforts, which and it just felt good, and it was a little windy, so that always helps. Yeah, Mother Nature's out there for everybody. The the crowns that I were actually going for, I actually only missed them by a few seconds to the one and only Jake Von During. I was going to say I didn't get any uh-oh emails <laughs> yesterday. So, I, I which missed. segment might that be? It was on MacArthur Westbound. Okay, gotcha. Is it, that the long one? It's the long one. Is, yeah. Did you need wind on your back for that? Yeah. Did you have a little help? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a. 12 or 13 mile an hour is that, wind. Are there, are there stop signs in that one? Uh-huh. There's one <laughs> stop sign on that one. You just got to have t- traffic. No, there's two. Have there's two stop be- signs. Yeah, you just... Yeah, have, to have I, traffic. I, I slow down and stop pedaling and watch the angles, and I almost came to a complete stop at one, so I think I might have gotten it if, I, if there had been less traffic, but there wasn't. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about was the ride. Uh, went to bed last night uh, actually feeling pretty good. Um, and about 12.30 a.m., we hear this big thud, and oh, Piper, no. who sleeps in the bed with Brandy and I, he, she sat up like at attention, and we thought, what? That's weird. Uh, look out the back window, and yes, another car drove through into my yard last night. Oh, oh my gosh. In the middle of the night. You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say someone was breaking into your van that's and where, stealing your stuff. Yeah. Somebody breaking into the van. I was like, oh, my gosh, that would be bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. No, um, we we live in a spot where um, there's an yeah. off-ramp yeah. from Highway 14 that comes to a stop sign. And if you blow through the stop sign, you'll end up in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Now, so, that's a pretty... Isn't it's that a, a little bit of a drop, drop there? Yeah. It is a big drop. So, I mean, did that Dukes of Hazard? Did you hear that, that horn go off first? <laughs> yes, that's right. So, Were this you guy like, caught some air. Bo Duke, those Dukes <laughs> brothers. You... No, it was like, gosh dang it, Randy, there's another car in the backyard. <laughs> so, we run out there. Usually, it's a drunk driver. Yeah. You know, it's usually somebody that, that they take my exit thinking it's the next exit because the next exit oh. goes to uh, 205. And so they took my exit, and, and it's like full gas, you know, 60-mile-an-hour exit, and, and all of a sudden there's a stop sign. But uh, this was a guy that looks like he either fell asleep at the wheel or was just uh, just cruising. Yikes. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love about that is the word usually. Usually. <laughs> this implies this has happened many times. I've lived in this home for 20 years, 22 years or something like that. Uh, this is the fifth time. Oh, wow. my gosh. Yeah. So the, you don't think the guy was drunk? <clears throat> I don't think he was drunk. You, did you pull him out of his car? I did not because um, all his airbags went off. Yeah. He went through my fence. The fence was wrapped around the front of his Ford Mustang, oh his newish Ford Mustang. Uh, so he was actually trapped in the car by right. the fence because the fence had stretched out around the front and he took out one of my trees so i lost a tree last night and a whole like 30 foot section of fence and he uh uh, i got his door pried open enough Mm -hmm. and all the airbags had gone off yeah Um, it has that stink to it yes it it smells like smoke yeah a little bit i i'm i'm picturing you in like whitey tidies with a baseball bat With the, the baseball bat, get out of my yard, you know, kind of thing. Is that kind of how it went? I hit close. I'm like, don't move, and I'm immediately smelling because they're. I, I this has this has happened to me before, where the person's drunk and they're trying to leave the scene. They're trying to get out because they know that they're in trouble. That wasn't this guy. 
Did you call 911 before you came out there? No. I'm like, Brandy, you call 911. I'm going out there before he takes off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, With my whitey tidies and my baseball bat. <laughs> Stand down. This guy is not getting away He's this not time. not getting away this you time. Duke brothers. <laughs> he, was pretty, he was pretty trapped, so... Uh, no, I. Did you guys I, call Cletus to come pull him out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so nine one one got people there actually pretty quickly within you know five or six minutes. They probably come straight from the hospital, like straight down. I mean, you're you're not far away from everything. We're not that far away from everything. Was he yeah. injured? His he was complaining of his back. Sure. So I he had caught air off yeah. the thing, pummeled <sighs> into the. The right in front of my fence, and then blew blew through a tree. So Ugh. he he didn't physically look injured, but he, he was jarred up. Sure. He got he got messed up, and his his back was hurting a little bit, and we literally couldn't get him out. And and I, the first thing I did is make sure okay, is anything on fire? Do I smell leaking gas? And and right. I didn't. And so it wasn't an emergency for me to get him out. And I'm like, okay, do not move. Stay right sure. there. You need to stay safe. And uh, yeah. So he wasn't drinking, but was he impaired in other ways? Uh, I he might have fallen asleep. He that's kind of tough to negotiate that off ramp and be asleep. Yeah, I, he might. You know, he might have been drowsy and thought he was on the next off ramp, so the stop sign surprises you. Yeah. Did they? Are they doing any? Do they do any like check like breathalyzer yeah. or no breathalyzer? But you know, take a little blood or something within, to see like because he could have had other chemicals besides alcohol, right? Well, I mean, it's like. There's so many people on. You know, the the firemen had to like saw cut through the fence to get that out of the way, and they had to fully, you know, neck brace and everything yeah. to get him out of the car. And ambulance, ambulance was there, fire truck, and like nine cop cars. Did he, oh my gosh. Did he leave in an ambulance? <laughs> he left in an ambulance. Okay, so yeah. they'll take him to the hospital. So they'll take him to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Please tell me he had insurance. Uh, he did have insurance. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> but so. it is a little bit your fault for having your house there. I shouldn't have had my house there. The tree Again. was that tree was taunting him. I feel we, like that tree was taunting him. And the tree jumped out at his car. We planted those trees to keep cars out. So the tree did its job. Good job, tree. <laughs> Good job. Tree. You need something a little bit more sturdy. Yeah. Redwood or something. What kind of fence was it that wrapped around your car? I can't is it's it the, a, it's a cyclone fence. It's just like uh that on that part of the house, there's a cyclone fence. I have a nicer fence in the front yard, but what's a cyclone fence? Just a chain link fence. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna have to buy this thing ten times over, so I'm not gonna. It, it actually spend too much money on because it because I live right on there. That's actually the state's fence, so oh, okay. the state will right. have to come and fix it. Yeah. yeah. Now is that gonna be a problem with you being gone and Piper being home and yeah, being able to get out? That's the issue. We have to. I'm gonna have to rig something today so that Piper will stay in the yard. Although. Yeah. She won't really leave the yard now. She's yeah. just don't want a chance of it, though. But I, I, we need to like shore it up before I get on the road today. Can Piper not go to training camp? We, we ultimately decided not to take Piper oh, to training man. camp. We would love to have her, but the house we're staying in is actually a Pet. no pets house. Yeah, and even though Piper is a good enough dog that right. you. You actually can't tell a, an animal's been there when we yeah. have Piper in a home. But the people who rented the house, I do not want nah. to make them nervous all week long that, you know, occasionally we have the dog inside the house. Yeah. yeah. And so we – plus it, it complicates things a little bit with what we're trying to do. So we just ultimately decided yep. we were going to leave her home. Okay. So it's been a bummer. Anyway, that's the big story. 
another car through the fence. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and one of the cops, he's like, I think I was here three years ago. Are you the same homeowner? I'm like, yep, I'm the same homeowner. That, Jeez. That, that court case is actually still not resolved because she was drunk. Oh, no. seriously? Yes. <laughs> so does it take a long time for them to like actually pay for all this stuff? Or is it, you know, like, do you have to have a lawyer get involved on your side? I haven't yet. Actually, the last one, there really was no damage to my house, believe it or not, because... She she cleared the fence. She cleared the fence. <laughs> no, seriously? Yes. <laughs> wow. She actually hit the ground and the car flipped over the fence and landed. That's true Dukes of Hazard style. Yeah, true Dukes of Hazard style. Wow. So she messed up some, you know, bushes. So there really wasn't any damage. And she did try to flee the scene. So Roscoe P. Cole tried yes. was uh there three years ago too, huh? She tried to clear the, like flee the scene, but she was fenced in. But she was fenced in, that's right. She like she's gets like, her underwear caught on the fence she, trying to climb over. And oh. she was injured and had, oh. you know, head injury. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, anyway. So cool. How was your night, Matt? <laughs> my you know, we were Zwifting while you were gallivanting along around in your underwear, Lance. <laughs> I'm running we were, through the yard in my boots and the underwear. <laughs> I felt like I got to ride with Jake last night. We did, yeah. That was super nice. We did our team Zwift ride, and I tried to draft behind Jake as long as possible. It was awesome. It was, fun, was fun, fun little group activity. I came by you one time, and I wasn't paying attention. I looked, oh, that was Matt, and I slowed up just a little bit. I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that, and you, you jumped right on my wheel. Get on and there, started hang trucking. on. Yeah, yeah. you were no, for I, a few laps. The last two laps, I couldn't hang with you. I hung with you for like second to last lap, I think, for as long as I could. Yeah. You pulled, you pulled me through a fast lap, and then the last lap, I couldn't hang with you. Yeah, we tried something a little bit different last night. We did um, the hilly route on Swift Watopia, and it's about six miles, I think. It's short. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. It's a six-mile loop, and it's got three different segments in it. So it's got a KOM Jersey climb, yeah. which is about, uh, depending upon who you are, two, two minutes and 30, 30 seconds. Two minutes and 30 seconds six. for me. <laughs> I don't think I've, I don't was think I've going, ever done it under two minutes. That was me going hard. No, I don't think you can do it under 230. I think that, the, well, Tonk, I think. Went 149? Was it? No, it wasn't Tonk. It was uh, Jordan. And then who, who chased him up the hill? It was Tonk and Jordan, I think, that had the fastest oh, it, times. Yeah. But anyway, but it was anyway, wicked think fast. One fifty ish, you know. I don't yeah. remember exactly the numbers, but they're they're fast. That's a solid effort. Yeah. yeah trying yeah, to go super hard. Then there's a sprint section in there and then there's the full course of the full loop. The full loop, yeah. For the jersey for that. Which and our panel snagged, I think. He did. He ultimately ended up by getting himself, that. just yeah. went off the front. And Alan Plank um got the, the sprint, sprint jersey. I, I told him I was going to lead him out. Then I kind of went for it, and he still came around me anyway. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say I let him out. He's that, got some wheels. That's yeah. hard to do on Zwift because you're not – You still get a little bit of an advantage. But um, I, I personally, I started just a touch too soon, and then I think he was using that little arrow boost thing. Yeah. But I still went back and looked, and he still put down a couple more watts than I did. So, wow. you know, anyways, less than I do and, and all that good stuff. So Plank's got some get up and go, got man. Some, he's got some yeah. power, man. And he beat me by like – two or three hundredths of a second so and oh we were right there but the thing it was, was it, it was it was good we wanted either one of us to win that because the the, the whole thing was is like all right there's three jerseys on here we had the whole um team of people that showed up yeah we turned off the meetup and it was basically right we're gonna break everything up into three groups and each group is gonna have you know anywhere from you know four, three four or five people or whatever it ended up being and those groups had to go out and try and get the most jerseys and whichever group got the most jerseys won ah so it in the first lap when we for in in it 
it could change over the course of because we did five laps. Yeah. Um, and it could change. Like you could get a jersey and it's like whatever you finished with. But if you lost a jersey, then you have to go back and try and battle for it again. Right. So right. in the first lap, we had uh, Jordan on our team. He quickly got the, the that climb KOM. And then he got the full lap one. And then Alan and oh. I, in that first lap too, we took down the sprint jersey. So we had all three. But you have to hold on to them for the entire race. Right. Tonk came and took the KOM yeah. <laughs> from, from Jordan <laughs> and on a solid effort. And I think Jordan took another stab at it, but I think he was kind of a little bit gas plus he's uh, tapering like everybody else right now. So he didn't want to try for a third time. Right. And then um, Alan ended up holding on to the sprint jersey for the whole night. And then uh, Handel came back and took the, the, lap. the, the lap from um, from Jordan. Jordan. And he put down a wicked fast time on that too. Didn't he? It was remember. like 12 minutes and change, like 1230 yeah, or something like that. That is fast on on that. That's that yeah. that hurt. So, but anyway, that was fun. Good workout. Yeah, what was, was that word you used? Taper. I'm not familiar. <laughs> Topper. No one knows what it means. I Top, thought you what that means. No one knows. <laughs> so, anyway, that's that's about it. Yeah, we'll. I'm sure we'll do a longer backpedal next week. Well, yes, because that'll be after the training camp, so we yep. can do like some recap stuff. Cool. And Evan and I will just look into each other's eyes and ignore it all. <laughs> How about we jump into our topic for today? Um, a couple little things that popped up that I keep seeing because it's 2020 and a lot of it has to do with trends. So I just wanted to get our take on some of the current cycling trends. Um, there's a couple different articles I shared with the guys and there's a bunch of different things. So I just want to get everybody's take on it. Lance, do you want to get us started on your first thing and what your take is? Uh, my first thing is the trend of road tubeless. Yeah. Of road tubeless tires, how it's been, it's kind of you gone mainstream. You guys have all raved about it. I haven't made the switch. That was a light switch for me. Um, I was completely against them probably just over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I told everybody no way because everybody I knew that had them always had issues with them. And it's just the way that they seated up on the tires. It's yep. like the wheels were ready for them, but the tires weren't ready. And like the, the, it seems like the two technologies have kind of come together and they're just like peanut butter and jelly now. It's just a, a thing of beauty. I, I have a pair of head wheels, uh, the Vanquish 4s, um, that uh, are tubeless compatible. Yep. And I switched to road tubeless. I don't know. What was it? eight months ago or something like that or 12 months ago it was whenever the continental gp 5000 tubeless came out so it's been almost a year yeah so yeah. it would have been a year about a year ago shortly after that uh i initially had some trouble getting them to seal uh-huh and then um since then guess how many flats i've had and i've put in ten thousand miles or zero thousand miles one zero you know that's the thing i think um zero flats uh, there's someone on our team and they like keep track of it on there. David Goodman. Goodman. David Goodman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like keeps track. It's like every, every, you know, 74 Strava. Rides, it's like no number, flats. number 77, like with no flats, you know? And so it's kind of, it's here was the kicker telling. for me. Uh, last week when I was riding in Arizona, yeah, I was alone. I was doing a 60 mile ride or something by myself. I'm about 10 miles from home and I picked up a goat head in my front tire. And I was just riding along, and all of a sudden I could I could hear the thump, 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 you know, and, and I'm like, what is that? And I reach down as I'm riding, and I, with my hand, and I can, whoop, it, it hits my hand, and I think, oh, okay, something's stuck Did in my wheel. You have gloves on, or you just I like had gloves open? on, but and it didn't cut me open, thankfully. <laughs> but um, I I rode till I was I left it in there yeah. because it was holding air. Yeah. I, and I rode till about three miles from home. 
or where where we were parked. Was this because you were like, I know, I know, I can walk from here. Yes, it was <laughs> okay. The... I'm not gonna pull it out yet. I got, I came to a stoplight. I thought, okay, I'm gonna pull this out. Pulled it out. It sealed immediately. Wow. I lost five pounds of air pressure. That's crazy. It's it was, and and I rode all the way home. And the next day, when I woke up, okay, I'm like, I gotta look at that tire. No, hadn't lost any more air. It just worked. So I'm like sold on road tubeless just because of the lack of flats. I haven't ridden near as much as you outside for stupid, obvious reasons, but I've still put in a couple thousand miles, zero flats. Zero flats. Yeah. Like what are you, what do you carry with you now in case of the situation where it's, Uh, you don't like just go without anything. No, I I carry two CO2s and one tube with me. And a boot for me. And a boot. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. I've got a boot in there too. Yeah. So that's so you're not that's so confident that you're like, screw that. I don't need anything. No. Yeah. That but would I, be dumb. Yeah. But I have forgotten to take my flat kit before. Like if yeah. I jump on my gravel bike and I forget to switch everything over, switch everything over, um, and still have had no issues. So, yeah, I'm I'm like sold on road tubeless. It has been the only the only issue with road tubeless is flying with your bike. And and it's and it's kind of it's kind of controversial to fly with your bike whether you deflate your tires yeah. or not. So it kind of depends on the bike case you have. You don't really need to deflate your tires that much. You could take them down to right. I think that's what a lot of people do. Sixty psi. Yeah. But like my hard my hard sided travel case, there's two like slots for the wheels to fit in. Yeah. And they won't actually go in. Unless I deflate the tires right. enough that they'll kind of fit in there, because they're held in by skewers and the skewers aren't long enough without getting them all the way in. So there's a little bit of nerve-wracking worry if that I'm going to get to the new place, I'm going to go to pump up my tires. The seal has been broken and I can't get them to reseal with just a regular floor pump. Gotcha. So so that's like. So are you like trying to? thread the needle like just deflate it just enough that yes. you can fit it in there yes yeah okay which yeah. what do you think is that like 40 30 psi uh, my, my, i gotta take mine to like 10 okay you're trying to keep a little pressure I'm in there trying, I, yeah i'm trying to just keep the seal from breaking you know so, so when it when you when your bike is in the air is there more pressure or less pressure i would i would expect less pressure when it's being flown so baggage compartments are pressurized oh, yeah, to eight thousand right. feet so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. You're flying at thirty thousand. You're flying at yeah. thirty thousand. The the baggage compartments are because animals ride in there. And oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So they they keep the baggage that's compartments. Where keep, that's where I put my kids usually. <laughs> kids. It's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Check luggage, baby. Uh, that's uh, so. Our team is very heavy on using the Continental GP five thousand. Um, do you have any other brands of tire that you would recommend? I've never tried another one, so I don't know. I know some people use the Schwabies that have had good luck there. I can't think of any others off the and top they, of my they, head. They're reviewed very well too. The Schwabies are reviewed very well. But yeah, the the GP five thousands have such great reviews that I just yeah they're stuck with them. Damn near bulletproof. Yeah, they roll really well. They tr- the the tread on them wears really well as well. Yes. I mean, they're an expensive tire. I think the MSRP for the tubeless version of a twenty five or a twenty eight is about a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's the MSRP. Now you can find them all over the place for less money, and our team gets a pretty good deal on them as well. 
but that's still pretty expensive for a tire. I mean, right. you could almost go out and buy a car tire for a hundred bucks for, right. you know, some certain cars, but you're getting good life out of them. So I, I think when you start to add up all of the the flats that you don't get, and each time you get a flat, your tube is going to cost you anywhere from what, five to seven bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many flats do you think you get in a year? At least 10. Yes. Yeah. We'll say it's, well, if, if you're riding, you know, 5,000 miles or yeah. more, you, you get you get some flats. So you're saving 50 to 70 bucks a year just in tubes. Yes. So the tire's almost paying for itself. Just not getting flats. I know. It's yeah, and it's worth the, the time expense of pulling over, changing changing everything out. I just put a brand new Back tire on, and I didn't quite need to, but I, I had I broke a spoke last week, mm-hmm. um, and Jake and I had a little bit of difficulty finding a replacement spoke and we got it we got it worked out yeah whoever came in and stole all my spokes <laughs> Jake lost all i'm spokes. coming after they you. disappeared <laughs> but uh in the process of replacing that spoke we took the tire off and i just saw oh, this is time to replace oh, you it. know what too for the the cost of of riding tubed there's the cost of the co2 as well which most people use and those are usually what two or three bucks they're like 250 a piece something like that so yeah you're you're saving a good chunk of change yeah Good. Matt, what's it going to take for us to get you to convert over to the uh, the tubeless side of things? Well, I think it'll just depend on, you know, the bike and the the wheels that I have on those bike that you know that particular bike. So sure, we yeah. talked about this before. I'm in the market for a <laughs> TT bike, so uh, it depends on which wheels we put on that bike. Sure. So that's something that you and I all probably have to talk about. Yeah. And most likely that'll be tubeless. Hey, I'm this, guessing. This brings up a point. You know, most of the time racing. People race on, or, or or they used to race on tubular tires. Yeah, uh, because it had the best rolling resistance. Right. You know, um, but I cannot see a good enough reason to continue to race on tubular tires. It's it seems like it's so much better to switch to tubeless, where your flat. Your potential for flats just goes way down. You just have to have a race tire that 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 is tubeless compatible right. and has the right rolling resistance. But oh my gosh, just so for the road, yeah, not for cross though, right? You're all about that tubular. Yes, uh, cross is a little bit different just because of the side pressure mm-hmm. and and the the potential to burp a tire right. off. Yeah. The, the rim it's like a constant threat for you guys yes because you're just taking hard corners yeah Yeah. and that's not so much concern that's a good one so our take thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up good deal road tubeless cool matt how about you what do you got i've got a i I put a couple of notes down here um one thing that i thought was definitely going to be a continuing trend in our sport is gamification of programs like zwift yeah uh, prize purses, yep. I think are going to continue to rise. I think people are going to kind of get into it. You know, uh, there, you know, we, there was some interesting controversy, which I thought brought light on the sport of let's call it, I don't know, e-sport bike racing. I don't know what you want to call it. They call it e-racing. E-racing. Yeah, I, I don't like that. that I much, know but, that's what they call it. But I mean, we we definitely have seen kids get into watching people play games. Like that's a sport now. It's probably more popular than like. 
right. any of our sports that combine. <laughs> it's definitely more popular than triathlon. Isn't some of the like most popular YouTube channels are yeah, people I, watching people play people sports. Watching people That's my play my son games. loves watching those games. I'm like, dude, what are you doing with your time watching other people play video games? I mean, it's one thing for you right. to be playing videos, right. but for you to be watching somebody else playing a video game that's been recorded. Come on now. And, and it's very hard as a parent to see that. At the same time, I I think this is like a legit sports thing. Like I think that this is the future in some ways. People watching other people play video games. Yeah. And yeah. like when you see a stadium packed with people watching other people play video games, it feels very much like a sporting event. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so um Remember, we I think we did talk about this on the podcast. The guy that won um, whatever it was, like the Zwift World Championship, had like that. He had like gotten the bike, the Tron bike, yep. um, illegally using a machine, you know, thing to help him get the bike. And so he used he the was bot to get, get enough the, uh, elevation gain to, to get the to get the Tron, Tron bike. bike, and that disqualified him from winning the whole thing. Super interesting. I mean, I don't necessarily fully agree with that decision but whatever uh i think it's like a little bit of intrigue helps the sport right if we if we're calling it a sport i think that that is going to take off i think more and more people are going to race on zwift and more and more programs are going to be established there's another company that's like a zwift competitor and i think it's called rovi where you're you're riding um real courses some of the time i think they have about three thousand different videos where you can kind of looks like, like you're really writing clips yeah so it's of. their videos they are you know someone either takes a car or whatever a camera and they go drive up Alpe d'Huez and then the um, avatar is superimposed on that particular video clip so it doesn't look like Zwift where you've got like a tree that's basically you know the like a cartoon almost cartoonish like a cartoon video right? it looks game, like yeah. a, like you're in a video game whereas this is like it looks like you're in the real spot so I think that there are other gaming platforms so for example rovi is offering i think twenty thousand dollars on their competitive you know this is again this this whole like um competitive what are we calling e-racing you know their platform is offering up money as well this is this is going to be a thing in my opinion i think it's going to be a trend in 2020 for sure Yep. I think we need to elect you to be the, the oh. governor um, to make <laughs> governor. sure that all of their coding is, is up to date. Yeah. And current well, because there are variances there's, there. There's ways to hack it for sure. Yeah. And you can uh, you can wait dope. You can wait dope. You yep. can like set your weight like super low so yeah. that uh, yeah, yeah, you, your, your watts per kilo go up. Um, what are other ways you can Oh, the, the way I would do it would be, um, you know, like when I was racing Jake last night, <laughs> uh, just kind of, you could take your, your power numbers and I would just double them. And so they look real, right? So it's like, instead of holding 215, I'd be, you know, at two, at 430, for example. And when, when that shifts, you know, it would just be doubled. So it looked like it was varying about, you know, a good about, you know, like you hit a hill. You could write code to do that or something? Yeah, you could write code to do that. And it wouldn't be very hard, right? Because take in X times two, spit out that number and send that over to Zwift, right? Like take in the trainer powered information. I guess So it's kind of like, think of it, I wouldn't really call it a man in the middle attack, but it's like, think of it that way where like there's, there's a device in the middle taking in the data and spitting out the data, but it's been adjusted. I see. That's the way I would do it. Wow. <laughs> if you could build that, I bet you a buck you could sell oh, I could quite sell a, a few of those. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I feel like that would be wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think that's cheating. <laughs> yes. I feel like that would be wrong. Well, like some of the bigger e-races, you actually have to like record a weight or yep. you have to go to a site where you're all racing yeah, together and you have to weigh in. Yeah. And then there's other ways that they combat some of these issues as well. Like a lot of times if you race a fair amount on Zwift and you get kind of flagged as like, this doesn't look right, they'll compare it to your road racing um, events and they can be like, yeah, you, you finished dead last in, you know, cat right, five. Right. And so here you are winning right. cat two races or whatever it is. And so people will flag that stuff. Um, and they, there is a group of people that look into it. The, I don't know. I feel like I'm not the best person to talk to this. I'm not that good at racing indoors. I'm not that good at riding indoors. Surprisingly, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's, I'm just not good at it. It's a different kind of effort. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but it's definitely growing. It's huge. Yes. It's definitely trending. It has been trending, and I expect that to continue for sure. Yeah. I enjoy it to a certain degree. I, I think it's very functional. So. I enjoy it when we have stuff like last night. Yeah. Usually if it's like, Matt, go hop on the trainer this afternoon, I'm like, ugh. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Um, wearables. There's a, a big spiking trend in wearables from whoop straps to smartwatches yep. to you know, different kinds of heart rate monitors and uh, <laughs> sunglasses that are smart. There's when, when Jake said that, Lance held up either wrist, like whoop strap on this one, heart rate monitor on this one, like he had all the things. We as cyclists and triathletes love our data. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to actually kind of dive into that. And I think it, it it's pushing us in, more in the direction of just, you know, better overall rest and recovery, which is good for us down in the long run. You know, from a health perspective, it's good for us, but it's also good for us from a, a training perspective. So, Lance, you're still using the Whoopstrack. You've been using it for how long now? It's been a year. Okay. It's been 12 months. And it's some is it something that you're going to renew your membership on? Um, I, You know, if you'd asked me, <clears throat> Nine months ago, I would have said no, but now it's like I, I'm used to wearing the dumb thing. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, I love the data it gives me. Okay. I love the data that it gives me. So. Does that help guide your patterns? Because you don't want to wake up and see bad numbers because you know it's how it's going to affect you. Uh, it does a little bit. Yeah. It, it. The thing that it guides most for me is trying to get enough sleep. And I see how much your sleep numbers affect your recovery rates. Yeah. So what time did you get to bed last night after uh, Duke's Hazard jumped um, in the backyard? I've oh, been yeah. averaging almost eight hours of sleep uh -huh. a night for the last four months. And sure. I got like three and a half hours last oh, night. Oh, gosh. And you're going to get in the car and drive all day today? Probably. After I fix the fence. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Be careful, my friend. Just take, so just take extra time. I, well, I might, we might leave tomorrow. It doesn't even matter if you're. You could be a whole day late to training camp. It wouldn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. No one. Prob I mean, probably you would. That would sacrifice your green socks. So, <laughs> for instance, like you had a really strong training day yesterday. Yeah. You went out there, put in some good efforts. You were up really late last night. What did your whoop strap tell you this morning? So uh, yesterday, I, I took Monday off completely because um, I. Uh, I I was trying to fix the spoke with Jake and mm -hmm. we recorded the podcast. And when I woke up Tuesday morning, I had like a 96 recovery, just awesome recovery, yep. which was why when the ride came around, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for it. I, I've got this certain workout to do and I'm going to make some efforts here. And, and it was great. 
last night, um, I actually, my legs feel great. My, my body feels good. Everything feels good. But my recovery this morning was like 48%. Mm -hmm. It was half of the day before, mostly because I got three and a half hours of sleep last night instead of eight. Yeah. So it's interesting how much that stuff kind of, yeah, affects your affect performance. Yeah, Matt, you're pretty keen on the whole Garmin line of things, and you you know your your Garmin stuff pretty well. They have a function, and I know that you wear the yeah. 945. It's called yes. the body battery. Do yeah. you use that? No, no, not at all. I don't. I don't. You know, I love having all the data on all these things. I don't dive into it that much. So, body battery is like this. It's it. It's kind of looking at how rested you are, how much activity you've done in a day. Uh, and it kind of, after you've slept a decent amount, it will say your body battery is at 99% or whatever it is, you yeah. know, and you, 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 as you go through the day and you do different activities, whether that's, you know, swimming or running, definitely not biking you guys definitely, <laughs> but like all these little things take away from your body battery. Uh, and so it's, interesting. it's interesting to kind of look at that and see like, okay, well, I did bike and I was going to go for a run, but my body battery is low. Should I rest and do that move that workout to tomorrow or whatever it is yeah i don't ever ever look at it and be like i'm not gonna do something because of my body battery i don't know how my gut feeling is it's not super accurate but yeah it's not super accurate but i use it kind of to just to monitor sleep yep. more than anything and and i can go look at my sleeping habits as well and even that's not always 100 percent spot on i'll know that you know Usually at nighttime, after we get our kids to bed and the day's kind of done, we'll sit on the couch for like an hour, like from 9 to 10 o'clock before we go to bed. Yeah. Um, and they, usually when I go to bed, too, if I'm not tired yet, I'll do some reading and try and, you know, um, just kind of rest as well. But it will show that I was actually asleep during, during those times just because time. you're not moving, your heart rate yeah. is low, and it thinks that you're you're catching some Z's. So I'll have to go in there and alter that. But for the most part, it's pretty close. I'll use the body battery and I'll use the sleeping stuff to um, motivate myself to try and get more sleep because I know how much that affects my recovery. So it's kind of nice to track it from that perspective, but I don't think it's quite giving me the same bit of information as your whoop strap. I do love the sleep tracking part of the watch, which is slightly different. Is body battery a separate app or is it something you find in the Garmin Connect? Built into the operating system. Yeah. Okay. Because I have a Garmin Phoenix 5. Won't be in there. It's okay. new to Garmin. To to the, it's new to the 945 in the Phoenix Six. And the Phoenix Six. Yeah, you got to update, man. Well, I've got, I've got the Phoenix Five because somebody uh, Phoenix Five is a good one. Somebody got a six and were sold the five super cheap. So yeah. <laughs> I bought the five from them because well, before I had a Phoenix Three, which I really loved, but it yeah. did not have wrist heart rate, yeah. which I really like. I think the Five is a good watch. But yeah, you're not even wearing that it. that Garmin. You're wearing an Apple I'm Watch. Not, yeah, I'm, I have. I also have an Apple Watch, yeah. and it actually has an excellent sleep tracking yeah uh thing and they have an 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 app called um uh it's called auto sleep which tracks really well your sleep cycles and your hrv with the apple watch okay my knock on those is the battery though correct you have to charge it every day so you're pretty much going to charge it at night when you're sleeping therefore you're not getting that data right yeah that that's the problem with it so i i i haven't gotten a whole lot of data because i'm usually charging night so I actually prefer to wear my Garmin over the <laughs> over the my 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 Apple Watch. Yeah, I, I prefer to wear the Garmin. I like the functionality of it. I like the look of it better. Blah blah blah. But um, I it, it, part of the issue is you have to charge it every single yeah. day. But my I lost my 
charging cord for the Garmin for like okay. five days, and I finally found it in my wife's stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I so I'd switch to wearing this for a bit. But so what I would do is when 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 I'm winding down for the night, I would put the Apple Watch on the charger. Okay. Right. So it's on the charger for an hour or two, and then that charges it enough that I could wear it at night and get that sleep data. But it's totally redundant because I have the Whoop strap. Yeah. So yeah. I have the the Phoenix Six, and once I have it fully charged, and I have the pulse oximeter turned on at nighttime, um, it's not on all day long. And even with all of that and everything else running, I still get ten days out of my watch. Yeah, if I turn yeah. the pulse ox completely off, I think I get fourteen days. And yeah. you can actually put it into kind of like a, a battery survival mode where it'll last for like twenty something days, which is kind of nice. I don't um, understand. Apple is brilliant. Why can't they get a longer battery on their I think it's Apple the size. Watches. I just don't think the size of the watch is They're smaller. Considerably smaller than the Garmin's. Garmin. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's my gut feeling. Yeah. They need to figure that out. Processing. They're probably it's a significantly stronger processor, better screens on that Apple. All that stuff yeah, takes that's battery. that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, I think that the, the Phoenix 6 is an excellent watch. The yeah. Garmin 945 is a very similar watch little less price i was going to mention that um i'll send you a link somewhere but on amazon somewhere you can find these like garmin chargers and they're like this little station it's like a little circle piece with a little charging port and it's two for nine bucks or something like that oh i put one next to my wife's bed one next to mine just whenever it gets low slap it on there some ultra runners are even wearing it so like if you're going for like a hundred like a hundred mile ride takes sorry 100 mile run would take over might take 24 hours right. so you can actually wear these things out really but you can put it on your wrist because it's circular it fits underneath the watch in the cord you just run wherever into your oh. pocket with like a little usb charger thing and so they're like yep you can charge because the, while you're because otherwise the cord wouldn't fit under there and you couldn't like charge and run at the same time i got you but so same thing with biking but, but with that with that special charger it yeah. actually lays flat on the back side of the watch so you could yeah it's circular and I it has you. a little prong yeah, for the charging piece. So it's, it's supposed to be slightly easier for you to just like slap it on I there. Um, but again, some of the ultra people are wearing it under their wrist. Right. So it's going to sit up like a whole extra inch. But you can charge and run at yeah. the same time or bike if you're wearing your watch for biking. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've seen cyclists probably charge their computers while they ride. Yes. Right, with little cords yes. <laughs> cords dangling down with their little battery pack chargers or whatever it is. Well, Garmin now has a little battery pack that you can they? connect underneath the Correct. out front device. And it's only available on the 1030, but if you look at the 9th, or I'm sorry, the 530, it's got all the same similar little ports on the bottom, or like the little charging connections on yes. the bottom. So I, one would think that a firmware update away would allow for the same thing to happen. But um, you can get much more battery life out of your Garmin now. Um, if you're running a 1030 and, and I think it's going to trickle down. To so the they're others. just kind of like little battery ex extender. It's kind just of like a little battery pack. It clips onto the bottom of the, uh, the out front mount and that sends the, the, the charge up to the, the main unit. There's like a, there's like a Garmin mount yeah. that has the connecting ports in metal or something like that. Yeah. So that you connect your computer to the top of the mount, yeah. your battery pack to the bottom of the mount yeah. and it charges it. I'm thinking like. There's got to be guys that are doing it, backpacking it, or bike packing, bike, bike packing stuff, backpacking. or you know, 24-hour yep. type races or things like that. Because those batteries last a long, they long do. time. They do. But I mean, we have people cycling. There's a lot of people that'll bike. You know. But if you're using navigation, you're yeah. using more battery life. Yep. Uh, on those, and they they 
they I, I haven't found a need for the extra battery extra yet. battery yeah yet. but you don't do the kind of stuff that's like kind of that adventure stuff where it's like let me see if i can go across the country yeah no i'm not, yeah i like like three hour stuff yeah you're <laughs> You're good for 100, 120. Once it, once you get into that crazy 200 mile stuff, yeah. that's just. But I do think people are, you know, as a trend. If we're talking about trends, that bike packing trend is a thing. That is another one, which that is, is cool, right? Like I'm interested, yeah. right? Because it looks awesome. You're going to cool places. You got everything you need. Yeah. I'm somewhat tempted to try something like that. You have to have either a certain kind of bike or a certain yeah. kind of bags. Totally. Yes. For your bike. Or both. And frame bags, yep. rear seat bags, Wait, handlebar it'll bags. It'll work on a TT bike though, right? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> we're going to make it work. Make it fit. I would be all into that, but if I were to go do that, I wouldn't think of it more of, of a bike adventure as more of just a bike being a vehicle for me to get to point A to point right. B to go like hike or camp or um, fishing or something like that. Yeah. But I, I would be up for something like that. There are races too, you know, the transcontinental race that goes from Canada to Mexico. Yep. You know, guys well, do it in like eight days or something and you pack all your own stuff. Yeah. yeah. And there's a couple, there's the unassisted cross country one, which is, yeah. I think that's it's not Race Across America. That There's, one's fully that one's, assisted. Yeah, but they have the one that starts in Oregon at the coast at Astoria. Doesn't it start in Astoria? I think there's, so. There's one that, it, I don't know if they change the course each year, but yeah. it, it starts in Astoria and goes to Virginia or something like that, and that's self-supported. And that's pretty intense. I'm sure those guys have batteries for stuff. Yeah, they have to. They have to, because you've got lights, you've got all your gear, I'm sure they have to be checking in, right? Like you have to have like a satellite phone to be Correct. checking in on things. Right, so. something like that. Pretty cool. Pretty crazy. But yeah, that bike packing has definitely grown. That, is that in, as well. is that something that you would be interested in? Um it's it's too long for me at the moment. <laughs> You'd have to go slow and long. It's all right. things. When you, you hate. think of it, do you think of it as a race though, or are you thinking of it just more of an adventure? Think, as an adventure, I'm definitely interested. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Not I'm racing. I'm gonna go like ride the white rim trail and it's like a hundred mile loop and I could go super hard and do it right. in you know, seven hours yeah. or I could take three days and do it. That's yeah. where I'm in, you know, just to be able to like take a camera to like kind of take it. Cause yeah. you want to like, you know, stop and smell the roses on that kind of thing. Cause yes. that's a, that's an adventure that you're probably not going to get to do too many times in your day. Right. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'd want to race that or not. I, I probably wouldn't sign up for that race. <laughs> well, it's, it's not a race at the moment, but well, if it were to are, turn into a race, I mean, yeah. if they're, but guys are doing it full out. So Matt, would you, do an adventure ride? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't have a huge desire to race it because I think it gets dangerous when you're basically, because you the, key to, the key to winning, winning those races is to not sleep. Right. So I don't feel like that's a, something that I want to take on. Um, but I love the idea of like, I'm going to bring my drone and my camera stuff and I'm going to go out and record some cool videos of just being out like on an adventure. Like yeah. I love that idea. Uh, but I don't, I think you sacrifice pace. I think you sacrifice, you know, you kind of let go of the, you know, packing super light and all the sort of things that would make you competitive. Uh, and you kind of take more stuff and make a little bit more of a adventure. Out of it. That is appealing to me for sure. It's, it's definitely, it's an adventure, not a race. If right. you're doing something like that, which it is definitely grown in popularity. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. What do you got? Mr. Lance. Uh, well, the other two on my list, I had bike packing and e-racing. Oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Or just going back to the wearables real quick, I meant to ask you guys, what's your take on um, wearable sunglasses, smart sunglasses? I guess all sunglasses are wearable, but as a technology. <laughs> you ones that We're have like a heads-up heads display, display yeah. in them that built into the glass. I mean, Garmin kind of has their little add-on piece that they've put yeah. on. I can't remember exactly what they call it, but you can clip it on your sunglasses, and it will basically project a little display of what you're supposed to be seeing on your um, edge device. Did Garmin buy Recon? Is that how that came about? No clue. Okay. I'll look into that because I'm talking, I've got a goggle review coming up that's the heads-up display goggle, so... Would you guys buy a pair of those sunglasses to get your data? It, it seems um, it seems hokey at the moment yeah. to me. Just think about this, though. If you're out there training and you're trying to hold certain watts and having the watts just be up there and you you can see exactly what you've got and you don't have to be staring down at your thing, useful. that would be well, useful. Especially it's for what safer you like too. to do, Lance, which is like, I want, I want this workout, but I want to take it outside and I want to hit these numbers. Yeah. And you're kind of specific about your numbers that you need to hit for some of those I, workouts. I am looking at my computer every 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Is, and I, if you've just got something in your peripheral vision that you can see while you're wor- looking at the road, that's a are. lot safer, too. You're not staring down at your computer. I mean, I think of that. Everybody's seen that YouTube video of the guy that's staring at his Garmin, and all of a sudden he just runs right into oh. the back of a car, and the car had like a, a review <laughs> camera on it. And the guy yeah. just went into the back of the car going probably like 10 or 15 miles an hour. Um, that's funny, but... Yeah, there's been quite a few cyclists that have died that way. Yeah, yeah. which is sad. Actually, the guy remember we talked about the guy that had the weird weird arrow bars that he had passed bus, away. Yeah, that's how he yeah passed away. So yeah, it was very unfortunate. So you've got that for a safety perspective, but it, it's just kind of nice to have the the basic data that you really need right there. Like if you wanted to have like watts in your like bottom left periphery and then on the right maybe you can have heart rate or maybe well, stack them on top and then you can start to like see some correlations there right. and really so manage that the heads-up display piece works in one particular section of your vision it's not like you have like 20 but maybe in the future well that's what i'm saying in they, the future they, it could be like this here 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 yeah know? you'd have to have like it's like a fighter jet you know what i mean with the, yeah. the heads-up display that they have so i think that that would be kind of neat and um oh what was the other part i was going to say I don't know. It's just that you don't become Chris Froome staring at your stem. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, that's true. There's more. I mean, up. yeah, you, if you're looking down, there's some problems with aerodynamics too, right? Because if your pointy arrow helmet goes straight up into the air when you look down at your watts, I mean, so technically there's some things about keeping your head in certain positions that would be faster. Yeah. So I yeah, think I think it'd be a, an advantage for doing like time traveling too. I mean, just yeah. like having those numbers right there where you can always see them where you're not like, because I, I do that in a time trial often, like I'll be going and like your adrenaline's pumped up and like, all right, I need to hold 340 watts. That's where I want to be at. And then you yeah. look down, you're like 375, like, dang it. Yeah. Right. So, right. That happens to me all the time. 375. Yeah. 375. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. 375 again. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, for time trial specifically, they, some of the helmets have these huge visors. Right. So there's got to be something there where they could like figure out how to build that in because you're not going to be able to like strap on a heads up display onto that huge visor. Um, But I definitely think the technology makes sense. I think it'll come around. I don't know if it's going to be a 2020 thing or if it's going to be more like 2022, a couple more years. Um, But yeah, Garmin's got their thing. Potentially, they might have bought that recon company because it was basically a a startup company that, that did this. Uh, but yeah, and they've had that that technology for probably three or four years now. Yeah, so it's you know I've I've talked to one cyclist that had it and loves it. Yeah, I really? yeah. So I think a lot of it's like there's just not a lot of people doing it right now. There's not a lot of people buying it, and so it could be one of those things where it's like if this product gets into more hands and people rave about it, then yeah, like like our radar, right? Like we you know I think a lot of people look at like having a radar on the back of their bike and they're like yeah no, 
Uh, but we all have it. And once oh, yeah. one of us has it, we're like, I can't live without this. And I then, know. you know, and then Lance yes. is like, I don't know if I trust Matt, but I'm going to try this. And then he's like, yeah, this, oh, is, this worked. This, yeah, this, this is, is good. For real. Like yeah. I need this. So it could be a product like that. I don't know. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Matt? You got any more? Yep. I got more. Bring it. Um, okay. Well, we've talked about this one on the podcast before, but um, having like real time CDA coefficient of drag area. Uh, having that as one of your metrics. That's right. Garmin is coming out with potentially something that will give you real-time yes. drag numbers. We think that Garmin is going to release a product called the Garmin Vector Air, which is going to give you, with powered, you know, in conjunction with a power meter, would give you real-time CDA. Um, and so it seems like something that Lance wouldn't be interested in, but it should be because because <laughs> for you, right? Like you want to do well in a road race. Right. And... If you realize that you tuck your arm slightly differently, that you can basically save 10 watts, like that's... That's a big deal. It's huge, right? Like, oh, my head position, if I put it here and my shoulders do this, that's 10 watts. Like, I know if I'm in a breakaway or whatever it is in a, in a race situation, just go to that position. Yeah. And you can probably, in a race situation, look at that CDA number. Um, and so right now, it's going to be a separate device. I can imagine in the future, if I rub my crystal ball, <laughs> that, they, that they could build that into a bike computer. Absolutely. I mean, the problem is they, they need what's called like a Pinot tube that would stick off of it a little bit. So it would, you know, wouldn't be perfect, but I could definitely see how that would be built right into a bike computer without that much more work. So that could be neat. That could be neat. Probably Garmin would be the company, right? They, right. Got, they got everything else there. So my goodness, they have a lot. I know. <laughs> well, if Wahoo is listening, CDA, real-time CDA. Real-time CDA. Yep. Um, there's a trend that the steel bikes, metal bikes, alloy bikes, all that stuff are starting to come back around. What do you guys think about that? You ever ridden a steel bike? It's been a long time. And I got one. It you felt guys, like a lump of steel. <laughs> you guys want to buy it? Okay. <laughs> it's for sale. It's for sale. I Everything. would be interested in a titanium bike, though, I think. Yeah. I don't know about steel, but I, I'm, I'm not the connoisseur that's going to tell you like all the nuances between a steel and a titanium. I just know that titanium bikes just look awesome. They, they look do. beautiful. And I, I know that they're lighter. I know that they're pretty rigid, though. Yeah. The, the beauty of steel is it's not as rigid. It is it it's forgiving. It's like yeah. riding carbon, but you can repair the steel bike. Yeah, where that's carbon the, is more difficult to, to repair well, and, and the, expensive as all get out. And steel is so durable. Like it's just so nice yes. having a bike that you like. So for me, it's like you have kids that are going to be in the garage just taking like taking doing stupid stuff. Oh, here's a mallet. I'm going to ram this against something. Oh, right. that's dad's bike. <laughs> like, I'm going to hit my skateboard against this thing and see what happens. Oh, that's dad's bike. And when my steel bike is in the garage, I'm just not worried about it. Plus, it's cheap. Like, it's not an expensive bike. And so it's kind of like, if if they went to town on this thing, it'll be fine. I mean, obviously, the components, if they hit that, then you're in trouble. But still, like, it's, it's just, it's 105 components, which yeah. is good. It's good right. stuff. But it's like... It's not the most expensive stuff. And it's so nice having a bike that you're not babying. Yeah. So I think there's real value there. You have a titanium bike. Is that a Linsky or like a a Lightspeed or something like that? It's a a Lightspeed. It's titanium, correct? It's titanium. It's called a Lightspeed Gisalo. How do you like that bike? I love it. It's a a nice bike. It's a light bike. It is durable. I've had it for since 2003. Have you changed anything on it, like components or anything like that? It has Dura-Ace components on it. Is it Dura-Ace like... 10 speed or 9 speed or I think it's 10 speed okay yeah, yeah. it's 10 speed 
That's so good. With That's those, a good setup. With those bikes, too, what's kind of neat is like you could convert that over to disc brake if you wanted to. Yes. They can like they can literally cut the the bike up and they can add new things to it. They can weld on weld mounts together. and the things of that nature. Now, I, I think part of it is is like our, is the width of the the stay is going to be wide enough, and, and they theoretically could change that as well. I mean, you if could just you deal could with the front tri row. That that's the only reason I don't ride that bike very much in the rain. Yeah. Is because it's it it's doesn't have disc brakes. Rim brake. Yeah. And now so. I'm. I'm a disc brake snob. <laughs> That's another trend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I there's just it, if I could just have like one like little guilty pleasure like like personal purchase for a bike just to have just because they look beautiful. I would love to have a titanium bike. And like they're hard to find because they're so expensive to make. So they're hardly they're no manufacturers make them anymore. Carbon's so much cheaper to make. Yeah. To, then titanium that they just yeah you got to go find a custom hand builder and you're gonna pay out the nose uh, we've got a teammate right now who's building one of those sage bikes um, yes and I think sage, sage titanium they are titanium correct and he was kind of running through the cost of this bike and was like oh my gosh you've got to be kidding me that is pretty stinking expensive for this bike that you're building you could do so much but he's gonna build a really nice belt driven single speed. Uh, bike that he can use for cross so it's going to be a thing of beauty um but just the amount of money he's paying for it is pretty stinking expensive yeah so maybe we need to reach out to linsky and see if they want to support our team (laughs) (laughs) they're they're friendly to the team yeah we're friendly with them i actually shared uh uh tent space at the cross national with the sage guys the sage guys No, no i think sage i think they do offer some more not mass produced um, titanium bikes but i think they white label um the, okay. the linsky bikes but they do have a local builder that does the the full custom bikes and they will wow. lay up their own bikes but yeah. I, I think i'm correct on that but i don't know be kind of neat anyway moving on uh what else you got anymore um one other that i want to talk about is the the trend of gravel bikes going to extreme we know grab we talk about gravel yeah. a lot on here because buttery gravel buttery sweet, sweet buttery gravel. Gravel. so um <laughs> But there, there's a new bike that's come out um, where the beautiful thing about gravel bikes, what makes them gravel is the slack angle of the head tube, the farther your front wheel is out ahead of you. Yeah. And there's a, a company uh, called Evil oh, yeah. that came out with the best bike name I have ever heard. <laughs> Their new gravel bike is called the Evil Chamois Hagar. <laughs> if, if you're a Van Halen fan and you know what Sammy just, Hagar is, you just feel like you should just buy that bike. I, I need to buy that bike just because the it, name. it's the evil Chammy Hagar. What is not wrong? There's nothing wrong with that name. The name is like fantastic. I want an evil Chammy Hagar. You need that. Yeah, I need it. But the uh, the unique thing about it is it has a super slack angle, more than most gravel bikes. And um, people are basically calling it a hardtail mountain bike with drop bars yeah with and without shocks <laughs> feel like you could kind of just do anything with that bike he, he, um on a gravel you could it would not do well like in a in a cross type race right, it's just right. way no, no, too no. slack you're not gonna yeah well but, i mean you're not gonna race anything except for a cyclocross bike yeah but so but yeah it might be nice to have it, something it's, that's uh, just... it, yeah, the geometry on it is quite interesting of the evil chamois hagar <laughs> <laughs> wonder where that company is based because it'd be nice to test some of this stuff 
And that's a whole nother like episode, a whole nother podcast on like being able to test bikes before test you buy bikes. them in our current situation in yep. the world. I don't know. Cool. Any more, Matt? Um, yeah, let me see. Wearable tech, gravel bikes, heads up display. Nope. I think we went over everything. All of us have the same stuff. <laughs> oh, I will say this. Um, I mentioned this in a video on the YouTube channel, but uh, basically custom bike parts, you know, because carbon is something that they can 3D print. It is possible to do custom bike parts. Uh, I'm seeing that more of a trend in the pro peloton and pro triathlete realm. Uh, specifically, I talked about a company on this video that does uh, custom time trial uh, bars, like aero bars, basically like built to your arm specs. Uh, but I can definitely see that, you know, also not necessarily in triathlon, but also pro peloton stuff where uh, if you can buy this, then it's legal. So they can print these parts that are custom to the pros. Yeah. So it's, I think, something that we're going to see, you know, and I'd be very curious to see if some of the top, top riders get some pro parts built. That was going to be my last one was 3D printing in cycling. <laughs> 3D so printing in cycling. That's a good segue. Yeah. Um, I think that 3D printing is becoming more and more mainstream. You're starting yep. to see a lot more stuff coming out. And the custom stuff that can come out of that for a pretty reasonable price is pretty fantastic. Yeah. For instance, you did a video on some 3D printed goggles. Correct. And yeah, you, that's true. You, you quite like those, didn't you? They're currently my favorite. I hate to hate to be that guy, but like... <laughs> custom they, printed goggles yeah they, well it's i'm testing a ton of goggles i probably have a dozen pair of goggles that i'm testing and i keep those because if a pair of goggles is bad and you still need to finish your swim you can want to you got to switch out you of it switch them out yeah, so I it's gotcha. so think about like a custom printed helmet or a custom printed saddle yeah or some bars to to meet your exact width and geometry and yeah. drop angles that you need you know you, you buy stuff that the manufacturer makes thinking that it's going to be you know this is, we're going to be able to sell this to the most people 3d printing could kind of change that game now i still don't think that it's going to be cost effective for quite some time but who knows the question that comes to mind immediately for me is the strength of carbon has to do with the orientation yes. of the carbon fibers the direction that is laid up in the direction yeah. they're laid up in yeah so how can you do that with 3d printing can you direct yeah well you have to anytime fibers? anytime that you're laying out carbon fiber it's got to be directional it's got to be directional the way it is weaved basically i don't know and enough about the process so um yeah and so i mean if you think about those carbon fibers are directional they're they're fibers and so they're stronger in certain directions. So the right, way that you right. weave it, it makes it stronger in certain directions, yeah. basically. And so um, if you're doing like an arrow, a lot of a lot of this stuff, it's one of those things like, like Jake mentioned, like helmets and things like that. Even like parts of saddles, you can you want that to be pretty strong. You don't want your saddle to break on you because it'll cut your ass up <laughs> you don't want your bars to break on you you don't want your bars to break fatal. i've heard i've heard that that's bad yeah uh <laughs> but i mean a lot of times those custom those custom printed bars are really strong because yeah. they really only need to be strong in certain directions which makes them extremely like stronger than or as strong as steel they say and so they're they're weak in certain ways so you'd have to really do something weird with the bars or the saddle to have it break um but i think i think we're you know I would be skeptical of things breaking as well, but depending on the product, 
maybe a helmet would be okay. Like you want that one to be solid, but like it'd be interesting to have like a custom helmet. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of neat technologies that are coming out with helmets just to, you know, lessen the impact and deal with rotational forces, you know, the, the MIPS and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah. it'd be kind of neat to see those um, those technologies get meshed up with the 3D printing to see what they can come up with because you don't have to, like, use a foam mold if you could, like, build something from the inside out versus just molding something. Yeah. I think that that could potentially lead to some uh, pretty cool technology. And there's probably lots of other little things that we're not thinking about that could be benefits from 3D printing, right? Like what's not weight bearing that we carry with us on bikes and stuff like right. little saddle Saddlebag things like and things yeah. like that, like, or, or, you know, the CO2 dispenser, yes. like all these little things that aren't necessarily, it doesn't matter if they're like not the perfect build, right? Because whatever, it's not going to break and That's kill true. you yeah. like a, like a handlebar. Like handlebar. <laughs> Maybe a cool 3D printed water bottle that's got a storage compartment that goes into yeah. a special cage or something like that. Yeah, you, you've got something totally. there, Matt. Well, cool. All right. I don't have anything else. That's it. Done. Dunzo. Finito. One last thing. Lance. I got nothing. Yo, you're nothing. Going, you're going to training camp. <laughs> I'm going to training camp. You're at training camp at time of release. <laughs> As you are listening to this, we're at training camp. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is there one thing that you're looking forward to the most at training camp? I am just excited to ride with my teammates mm. seven days in a row. It's going to be awesome. Just to be able to ride with my teammates, have those conversations, make each other hurt a little bit, work on group dynamics, you know, feel out who's gonna who we're gonna work for at certain races in, oh, yeah. in, in this next year that's the stuff i'm looking forward to that's good times yeah are you gonna travel after the training camp and go do some other crazy adventures I, or i don't think so i come home i'm gonna come racing home. Yeah. yeah cool maybe you need an easy ride when you get home yes call me <laughs> okay good <laughs> uh matt one last thing Tons of videos coming out on the YouTube. I have a bazillion goggles that I'm supposed to review. For, that's all swimming stuff, which you guys might not be interested in if there's not a lot of swimmer listeners. So you're doing another goggle review? Oh my gosh, I have like, uh, I might, so I have probably one coming out this week and maybe three coming out next week. You're kidding me. Yeah, I have a whole bunch. That's a lot of goggles, man. Which is nice. I mean, the companies are sending me stuff to review. Sure. And I want people to be able to like cruise through a whole bunch of videos look for the video that they want to kind of figure out if they want this goggle or whatever it is and be able to make a decision on that or potentially kind of say like, Oh, Matt just decided that this is a good one. You know, I should check that out. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely going to do a video talking about the Garmin vector air, the expectations for sure. that. I'm excited because I'm, I'm taking a shot at doing like a 3d render of what the product might look like. Oh, wow. So that might end up horrible <laughs> or it might, or it might be interesting. It's not going to be good, yeah. but it'll be interesting at best. Awesome. Um, so yeah, a whole bunch of stuff like that coming out on the YouTube. So the Goggle Universe is sending you all kinds of goggles to review, and you probably yeah. get a hold on to those. And I know that you've been giving some away, which is kind of neat too. The, um, my goal is any goggles that are sent to me are going to be sent out to listeners. So if for no other reason that you go watch my channel, watch it for free goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is that $200 pair heads-up display goggle. You know, with um, you can see how fast you're swimming while you're swimming. So I'm going to give those away. But wow. it will probably be this spring because I do want to test them open water before I give them away, gotcha. I think. Or maybe not. I don't know. So we'll see. They're we need to put out to the universe that um, this industry needs to send you some things to review so that you can hold on to. More That's cycling right. stuff. More cycling stuff, huh? Yeah. Some bikes and some Well, I'm going to review shoes. the uh, Wahoo Element uh, Bolt, I think. And okay. I'm going to talk about that um, Garmin Vector Air 
device. And then as soon as that comes out, I'll probably purchase it and review it for the channel as well. So I'll probably review as much bike stuff as possible, especially as the weather turns a little bit um, and we get outside more. Good. So. You also, you reviewed that uh, one of those Theraguns as I well. did, which was totally random. Uh, <laughs> basically, we had one on loan um, and I was like, can I review this real quick? And my wife's like, I've got to give this back tomorrow. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> like, challenge uh, accepted. Challenge accepted. I love it. So I had to rush that one out. But I like that. I mean, it turned out well. Do you like that? Do you think you need to get one now? No. No. The, well, so the problem with this is the price is um, 600 bucks for that one. Uh-huh. Uh, and to me, that's very pricey. They do make some alternative versions of that, which would actually make maybe even for a more interesting videos. Like, hey, here's some alternatives to this particular device. Instead of 600 at a hundred or 120, like here's a device that gets you most of the way there. Mm-hmm. So that I think is probably, I think Walmart sells one that's pretty good. Yeah. And you're, you're sacrificing some stuff. Like it's even louder than the Theragun. All of these things are really loud. Like you don't want to use them when the kids are going to sleep. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. Yeah. They're nice. To have. Do you have one Jake or either of you guys? No, Lance, no, Jake? no, no, nope. can't no. say I do. No, you should try it and see what you think. It's Someone needs to bring one to training camp. That'd come on, cool. come on, dial cycling. I am, I am taking. <clears throat> I I bought a pair of those Air Relax Did you? boots yeah, after I nice. tried yours. I I bought a pair and I'm bringing those to camp too. I think those are nice. Yeah, they're nice to have. Yeah, Jordan brought a set of those to camp two years ago, and everybody yeah. was kind Using of them. taking their turn in there. And he had the uh, the little E-STEM unit the too. E-STEM. I yeah. can't remember yep. the name of it, but he brought both of those down, and everybody was kind of waiting in line to use yes. both of them. So I'll I'll have my Air Relax boots in the. In the in, recovery in, van? In the recovery. Well, no, they'll be in the house. No, it'll be a recovery van. You go to the van. <laughs> you gotta go to the van. You, you just syringe. No. You grab the syringes. The van is my personal space. <laughs> a little, my personal little shot, shot to the butt. <laughs> a little shot to the butt and air relax. Air relax. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're good to go the next day. Gotcha. All right, my one last thing is, like Lance, looking forward to training camp and then some. It's just a great week um, to be able to hang out with friends. And, and all you do is focus on all things related to a bike. You know, yeah. you get up in the morning and you fuel yourself so you can go ride your bike. You go out and ride your bike and destroy yourself. And you come home and you recover so you can do it all again the next day. Yeah. And it's nice to just be able to sit down. But I'm also looking forward to um, you know maybe taking some pictures and getting a little bit yeah. of video and, and kind of playing with that stuff a little bit too. So that's going to be yeah. good times. And you, I still can't believe that the house that we're staying at is like so close. stones throw away from where I grew from up. So, grew up. <laughs> Lance, are you gonna like vary from your diet at all on training camp? No, no need to. Okay. I, no need to. Nice. I, I, I mean, the, those egg burritos that I was making I, last year. I will you don't have to worry about those. The breakfast burritos. They're not gonna be there. They won't be They'll there. Be you won't be there, man. It makes me very sad. <laughs> well, because of the burrito part, <laughs> not because of the the attitude. I'm yeah. sad about about your blue eyes not being there i was thinking it was my sassy attitude (laughs) (laughs) yep and then uh the other one last thing i'll I'll say this collectively um is our bikes for kids uh we are i think we're over six thousand dollars um kind of creeping up to that seven thousand dollar mark now um it's not all shown on um, gofundme because we've had a lot of checks written to us which is a good thing and we are coming into the home stretch of that we want to try and raise as much money as we possibly can i know that i always beat this drum but if you can toss five or ten bucks at this you know just skip your cup of coffee or you know whatever uh that would be fantastic if you could help us out that will be up on our um, facebook page if you want to go click on that link and make a little kind donation for these kids 100 percent of the proceeds go to buying bikes and helmets for them and it's going to be a glorious glorious thing (laughs) good stuff good stuff too love it (laughs) 
All right, we will catch up with you guys next week. Thank you again for listening. Have a good week. Bye for now.